They are using all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. And we're live on Skywatchers Radio with myself, Angel Espino, my co-host Rick Osmond, and tonight we're being joined by Dennis Crenshaw, who's joining us tonight. Dennis, Rick, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing okay. So what we got on the agenda tonight, guys? Well, actually, I got some stuff to talk about. I don't know if you guys have heard, but I am officially now a ufologist. Huh? Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, you guys didn't hear about this, huh? There's a cool website that actually uh, does uh, caricatures of uh, ufologists. It's called ufologist.com. And they do, uh, I guess, drawings of some of the biggest and known names in ufology, uh, like the Michio Kakus (laughs) of the world, uh, George Norrie, Art Bell, you know, Jamie Havican has uh, a drawing of himself on there. Now they added me to the the mix. That's pretty cool. I'm going to link here in the chat so you guys can take a look at it. Check Alrighty. Sounds like fun. So so you've yeah. never been a cartoon character before, huh? Never been a cartoon character. Now I'm not only a cartoon character, but I guess I'm officially a ufologist, guys. Huh? What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I congratulations, it. I guess. I, I like I, it. I'm not, I like it. I've been called <laughs> a lot of things, but the, I've never been called a ufologist. Most of the things I've been called are a little more denigrating than that, but that's okay. Well, I'm yes. used to it. Well, you can this call me cool. anything I mean, but late for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, Dennis, we never call you late for dinner. But check out that picture. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That you have the little alien peeking up over uh, the jackal, the head of uh, yeah. you know my head on, the, on a jackal's body. That's pretty cool. I like it. I think it's cool. They got me. They got my good side too. I think. so shout outs to uh d reno or drano uh who's the artist who put this together on uh, his website thanks for doing that man that's really cool and uh the uh, the website again is www.theufologist.com but welcome everybody to sky watchers radio uh now that that's out of the way i wanted to tell everybody that uh this is our second show on friday nights here on the paranormal soup network and I'm excited about that. I'm yeah. excited because there's a lot of developments uh, with the network. In fact, we want to welcome a person to the audience who's listening in who's going to be part of our network pretty soon. His name, of course, is Oro Shango. Yeah, right. Well, he was. Well, he was. He'll be back, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Um, no, he's still there. He's still there. Or at no, least okay. Yeah, he no. dropped out, and, but that's okay. Yeah, that happens. But anyway, guys, a lot of stuff is happening, uh, just not in ufology. It's been kind of a slow, uh, you know, month really only a couple things here and there but uh, there's been a couple different reports that's kind of trickled down Uh, but of course everybody's talking about one thing and only one thing today you guys know what that is China no Um, no come on the UFO China China, I saw no no the only thing people are talking about right now is LeBron James I know it has nothing to do with UFOs but LeBron James is coming to Miami. That's awesome. Well, you know what, Sinai, that's great news, but Sinai might disagree with you on what's more important right now. Yeah, it might. Sports. Well, he's not here. The World World Cup. The World Cup. Well, he's in the chat room, so I want him to feel at home. Ah, well. Hi, Si. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Welcome yeah. to the show, Sai Skywatchers Radio. <laughs> and look, we got Odo Chango back in the house. We gave him a shout out. I don't know if you heard it, so now we'll give him another shout out. Odo Chango, who's going to be joining our network, the Paranormal Soup Network. And a lot of stuff has been developing on that network. We're also going to be bringing in a, the very lovely Miss Crystal Storm, Miss DCS yeah, oh, herself right, the network. Right. She's going to be joining us with uh, Melchizedek is going to be her co-host on their new show, which should be debuting in the next uh, week or so. And, uh, of course, we also have Starship Smelly Prize joining the network with Captain DJ Smells So Good. And Cyanide! (laughs) Cyanide to sidekick. Cyanide! Cyanide kick with... Yes, Jamie. Don't be advertising that World Cup final show. That's on the same time as uh, as one of our shows. Yeah, <laughs> we, get, we get no love. We get no love. Even our own shows are plugging something else. You know that? Yeah, That's just wrong. Even our buddies, man. Even our buddies are against us. <laughs> but see, we uh, we coerced uh, Mr. Cyanide, you know, enough that uh, we finally got him to join the network as a host. Even if it's a limited, you know, co-hosting. But we got him on here. He's going to be a host on the Paranormal Soup Network. That's cool. Ain't that great? Yeah. That's real cool. I think the Netherlands are going to kick everybody's ass. And and very very intelligent and uh, and knowledgeable guy, and he's going to be a great host, and I know it's going to be a great show. Yes, indeed. Now, um, guys, uh, 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 go ahead, Rick. So um, after we get past the sports and we get past the shout-outs to friends and and new colleagues here on PSN and get past the cartoon characters who are part of this show, where are we going with ufology tonight? Well, I've got some things. uh, I figured I'd do it later in the show, let uh, the boss man get his done first. But I've got a few things. Boss man. I like that. The boss man. I knew, you, I knew you would. The check's in the mail. Or are you supposed to send me a check one way or another? No, you know, it's funny. You guys brought up China. There is some uh, some news from China. A UFO was actually seen hovering over East China. Right. And this is just yeah, right, right off the presses. 
uh, right on Wednesday evening. It caused a massive flight delay at the airport. And uh, it says here, after air traffic controllers shut down the airport for more than an hour, the China News Service reported Thursday that control tower officers detected an unidentified flying object in long-range visual instruments. Now, they immediately ordered the several incoming flights to land at the airport in the neighbor, uh, neighboring Ningbu and Wuxi, delaying passengers for nearly four hours, uh, the report said. That's pretty uh, amazing. I mean, this is something that delayed flights for nearly four hours. Uh, how much more yeah. you know, credible do you need to get that there's something going on up there? And I just read an update just before we started on the show. Uh, a, a specialist in identifying aircraft says preliminary uh, his preliminary finding is that it is no known aircraft, but it was definitely something, and he's going to release mm-hmm. more uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah, and what what what's salient about this is they said it's hovering, and yet yes. if it's if it's stationary and hovering, then. Uh, why couldn't they just route the traffic around it or just make the traffic aware of it? I mean, unless it was point, right but, in the but flight they, path. But they were but they were probably figuring that it, it could take off at any minute. They had no control or, or, or didn't know where it was yeah. going. You know, it, it could dart into the flight path at any time. Right. Just now, the, my, email just I, the email I got about it had a photograph. Um, yeah, of course, I don't. I, I don't know for a fact that that's a photograph of that object. It could be just a photograph to go with the email. But uh, that photograph was done digitally, and it had um, motion streaks, like the camera was moving, trying to follow something. Mm. Although both the background and the object, both the background and the object had the same motion streak, so it could have been just shaky hand on the camera. And it was fairly low light, so that's that's when that uh, type of artifact occurs in a digital image. Right. Well, you know, it's it's just really interesting, but uh, I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Usually, I end up being disappointed. So. <laughs> well, here's one thing that caught me about the article that I read. It says the UFO could not be seen with the naked eye. It had to be spotted right. by, uh, with observation uh, devices. With, as, that's kind of to me. That's a little bit weird because I mean, if you can spot it with the naked eye, and people start looking through uh, different programs, sometimes you know a cloud shape is going to you know look like a UFO and you know in a certain spectrum on well, Photoshop. You know, my question, you start changing my, the reality my, of what's there. My question is, what were they looking <coughs> for? Who, who brought it to their attention to go look through these special equipment? That's that's an excellent question. I mean. I mean, I mean who would look at a video there where there's nothing there minute. and start saying, start saying, wait a second, let's look at this in a different spectrum of light to see if there's a UFO. There. Right, right, There right. might be a UFO there. I mean, who, who comes up with that? However, 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 I have over my years seen several pictures that were taken and the UFO wasn't in the picture that they knew of when they took it and when they got it uh, developed, it, it showed up in it. I have seen several like that are... That, 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 at least one I know of that seemed pretty reliable. So well, yeah, no, the, I mean, I've heard cases where people... No, I've heard cases where people didn't just, see the I'm, object at first, but then they see the picture and they're like, oh, damn, look at that, we didn't see that. Uh, that's a different yeah, story. Right, you know? right. That's a different right. story. Yeah. Like, these like, folks, are, these like folks the are, are completely manipulating the image to see if something's there. Yeah, right. Like well, the one I saw, hey, you know, the one I saw uh, just appeared... 
And then, you know, it, I've always said it shot out of sight, but it might have just disappeared. You know what I'm saying? It's so all a matter of perspective. Um, the other the other thing about airports looking for objects, they will look through image enhancer or image intensifiers basically to look for flights of flights of birds which don't have any beacons, don't have any strobe lights on, but they can really be a hazard aviation. So that's one of the tools they use. Uh they don't use thermal imagers much because they're too expensive and a little, just a little bit of rain will keep them from seeing anything that might be out there. But the uh, image intensifiers, they'll pick up birds pretty well if there's any yeah. ambient light. So, but the image I saw, the image I got in the email was actually a color image. And to the best of my knowledge, there's no true color image intensifier. It's all monochrome. But, to address your question of why would they even have that type of equipment, that's one reason they would have that type of equipment. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so nobody go saying something, you know, quickly now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't everybody try I'm to still, talk at once. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, I'm still li listening to what he said. <laughs> <laughs> No, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, uh, they would have that kind of equipment. But here, again, you know, like Dennis said, you know, why would they? Yeah, why? Look why for would that they all of a sudden stuff, you know? look at? Yeah, in, in that one spot in the sky at that one time, you know, it, it all adds up to. So, a large yeah, well, they, yeah. Okay. Well, it they scan the sky China of all places. And it has to be China, yeah. yeah. you know. Yeah, let's call them up and call them up and do a live interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, now, know, hey, 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 that, that guy Rosie O'Donnell in a lot of heat. Be careful with that. You, you, you know, you know, there have been a lot of excellent reports and uh, several books on uh, UFOs in China that, especially, oh, were I'm released sure have, right yeah. after the war. Yeah. So, so why not China? You know, I mean. Well, I'm not saying not China. I'm just saying that I wouldn't know how to talk to them. Um, yeah. How, yeah, well, that. you could go, if you could go, you could go over there, I bet you, and order a McDonald's just as easy as you can over here. Number two. Yeah, that's that's what you want to do. Uh, when you want to go to McDonald's, you go to China. That's a good, uh, that's where you want to get your McDonald's from. Hey, they got it. Now, my question would be, is the is the beef really red meat? kind of meat is that <laughs> we are gonna get did, it into that. did it come with a long scaly tail <laughs> yeah, yeah, perhaps <laughs> oh man yeah what i need in china it's like don't drink the water out of mexico you know it's just not a good idea anyway that's right. enough bashing yeah. other countries for the night on sky watches radio we try <laughs> oh, not to I bash other countries more, but... <laughs> oh i can think of several here's a, countries here's a cool... bash, but yeah, well, yeah, there yeah. Are a couple. well, everybody, if you got to uh, send some hate mail, please send it to rickosman at gmail.com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, I came over here with you guys to do a UFO show and well prepared to do one, and, and now you are going to end me back over there raving about something that, you know, nobody cares about but me. <laughs> <laughs> so, save it on Rick. There you go. <laughs> Might as well. Everything else yeah, gets, we always blame it on, gets on my plate. So. Yeah, Jesse ain't here, so I'll take it. 
How's that? <laughs> Rick's got so Rick's got so much on his plate he can't even use ketchup, man. That's right. <laughs> and I love ketchup. <laughs> oh man, that's anyway. disturbing. I can go so many pla- I can go so many places with that. But let's skip to the next story here, guys. I don't know if you heard about this corn. <laughs> right. The band Corn are going to play a big gig at the middle of a crop circle. Did you guys hear about this? No, I have not heard no? about that. No, I hadn't heard that. Well, this is pretty. This is going to be corner. the best. Th- this is going to be the best the, thing since crop circle beer, I'm sure. Probably. They're going to. Corn, uh, it says here, corn are set corn. to stream. They're going to corn or the market. Yeah, they're great. That's a good oh, one. I like oh, that. Ah, oh, <laughs> 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 oh, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. That was a good one, though. I got to give him props. Corn uh, are set to stream a gig that they recently played into a crops in a crop circle. The band commissioned crop circle creator CircleMakers.org to create and make a crop circle near their hometown at Bakersfield in the U.S. And they will stream a performance that they recorded on their MySpace page on July 12th coming up. So it's only a few days away from now. Uh, so let, let, me, let, let me interrupt here. Let me let me let me interrupt here. Are you telling me oh, that me. there is a group that makes crop in circles court. for you if you get in touch with them? For, yes. yes, for money. For, for money? For, for some money. I'm in the wrong business. Go ahead. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are, Dennis. And I'm going to quote here. It says, uh, the setting and the mood took us to, into a totally new direction musically. Frontman Jonathan Davis said, we took the opportunity to stretch out and experiment with the performance, and I don't think we'll ever be the same. Now, he added, we spent a lot of time <laughs> fooling around in the wheat field. This is, the, this is the funny part. It says, we spent a lot of time fooling around in the wheat fields and cornfields surrounding Baku uh, when we were kids, and it gets pretty spooky out there at night. That's where we got the inspiration for the whole thing, so we decided to have some fun with the viral videos. Uh, guitarist James Monkey Schaffer, and that's his name, I kid you guys not. James Monkey Schaffer. <laughs> Added, I felt like we were on some new frontier musically for corn. This is definitely going to add a new dimension to our live shows. The band had recently been releasing viral crop circle videos online, and you can watch them on this website, which I'm about to uh, post in the chat room here. That's a pretty interesting uh, marketing idea. I mean, they're obviously into ufology a little bit. They're into the UFO phenomenon. Uh, They're into the whole crop circle phenomenon. That's kind of cool, actually. I kind of dig that, dude. I don't know. It's different. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. I'll say that much. But I, I still can't uh, get over the fact so, that there's a group that, that thought up the fact that they would make crop circles for people for money and are actually doing it. I just cannot. No, and check out the website, yes. circlemakers.org. <laughs> and the name, circlemakers.org. I mean, circlemakers.org. I wonder how they... Wonder, wonder I, how I come they couldn't get the dot com. They must have a what? they must they must have a competitor at dot com. It's got to be. I mean, come on. Circle no, I think they're trying com. to show themselves, trying to <laughs> show themselves as nonprofit. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so I yeah, want to know where where do, you, where do you. Where do you go to uh, get training for this endeavor? And uh, does it involve a certificate of completion, or do you have to take any math classes or any of that? 
<laughs> well, I don't know, man. I, I all I know is that I just became a certified ufologist with that uh, you know image of me, <laughs> that caricature. Uh, so whenever I get my yeah. ufology papers in the mail, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start asking yeah. where the papers for the crop circles uh, handbook. No, that, that's like that's that. that 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 serologist. Serologist. Right. Okay. Serologist. Spell it right. Spell that right or you'll be a blood doctor. Oh, man. I'll be a blood doctor anyway. Welcome. Come check out Future Theater Radio, hosted by the wonderful Bill and Nancy Burns. If the name sounds familiar, that's because Bill Burns was the host of UFO Hunters on the History Channel, and Nancy Burns runs UFO Magazine at ufomag.com. They started up a new show produced by Land Land Fear called Future Theater. It started about a month and a half ago, and I gotta say, they are doing some amazing shows there. Fantastic interviews and just great information that they are getting out to the people. Their shows air live every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can tune in by going to futuretheater.com. All their past shows are there in the archives, so you got some catching up to do. Future Theater Radio is going to be the next big thing in paranormal and UFO radio. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to be with them from the start. I'm Jamie Havikin for Future Theater Radio. Take care and keep your eyes on the sky. This is Dr. David Lewis Anderson, and you are listening to Sky Watchers Radio TV. Is the world coming to an end in 2012? Have aliens visited the Earth? Do ghosts haunt the living? Is time travel possible? Is there a government conspiracy to keep the dark truth hidden? Former Yahoo executive and lifelong student of the secret and suppressed Jesse Randolph asks the tough questions to bridge the gap between corporate America and new science. There are astronauts, and then there are euphonauts. Join Jesse Randolph in the truth journey, Saturday night, 9 to 10 on KPAM 860. Hello, remember to check out the Paranormal Radio Network. ParanormalSoup.com. Click the globe, it'll bring you right into our site. You can sign up, join up, get your own profile, and do with it as you like. It's a social network with a radio network at its core. It's the first of its kind, people. It has some of the best ufology and paranormal and entertainment radio shows out there. ParanormalSoupNetwork.com Be a part of this great evolution of social 
sign up right now. ParanormalSoupNetwork.com Don't forget to check out the Reckoning Gang Radio Show, a.k.a. Starship Smelling Prize, with your host, Captain Smell, so good, and international co-host, Cyanide, only on the Paranormal Soup Network. You should uh, not refresh, Dennis, because we're live on air back on Skywatchers Radio here on the Paranormal Soup Network. Guys, we had a little technical glitch with our server, and the show went down for a few minutes there. Sorry about that. I think the folks over in China got a little upset at Skywatchers Radio for uh, mocking their country. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh That's what happened. I mocked them not. I told you, that that got uh, Rosie O'Donnell in all kinds of trouble there, and... uh, you know, now it got us in a little bit yeah. deep, I think. Leaf, but we're back, guys, and we're joined, by, uh, we're joined by our guest here, Mr. Odo Shango. How you doing, bud? Yeah, hello, buddy. Hey, greetings to everybody. Glad to be on tonight. Now, you are the you. newest member of the Paranormal Soup Network, and I want to welcome you to, to the Paranormal Soup Network with all our friends here that are, are joining us here on the show. Welcome, Mr. Shango. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> Thank you very much. I feel very welcome. I have, I have actually uh, known you a little while for, for a, a little bit longer, Jackal, and uh, always had uh, a lot of respect for everything you had to say. So it, this is exciting for me to, uh, it's kind of a step up for me, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's awesome. And we look forward to having you on the network here. And uh, you're going to be starting your show here probably in a week, right? Uh, yeah, we're we're putting it together right now, and uh, I'd like to get started uh, just quick as we can here. We have uh, a lot of big plans here. Nothing like enthusiasm. Yes, sir. Now tell us a little bit about what your show's going to be about, there, Otto. Okay, on uh, the name of our show is uh, we we call it Eggorn and then some at the present time. Uh, the word Eggorn uh, translates from the ancient language of Jeruba to ancestor and uh that's that's all part of uh we'll be on the spiritual side of things about half of the time and on the other half we do a a modern uh mishmash of news uh local stuff going on here in our area because we do have a few people tuned in and we're hoping for a lot more tuned in here locally and then uh we also do uh world events you know like i said things in the news uh, and we, then we open up the phone lines uh, pretty much to anything anybody wants to talk about. Whatever the, we, we let the uh, audience pick the subject on a lot of a lot of nights, part of the show. Wow, that sounds yeah, really that's good. Awesome. Sounds like a fun show. Yeah. Yep. And here, give us the, the name uh, of the show again the, one more time, so uh, guys could uh, learn it here and uh, know what the show's name is and to look for for it. Yeah, I, I, it's Egun. It's spelled E-G-U-N. I'll put it in the chat room too here in a minute. Yep. Uh, and then yep. some. Uh, I'm very and, proud of the part of and then some, right? Because that just opens the door for where we can do uh, pretty much anything that we please, and that's something that the wife and I we planned this show actually from last November 2009 until March when we first did our first show, uh, the third weekend of March. So we we did it. Took a, a lot of time to plan it, and you know it wasn't just something we threw together overnight or anything. And so the the title was very important to us because, like I said, the first word egun has to do with our spirituality, 
and then the, the rest of it, and then some. We decided to put that there, and we always like to put the dot, dot, dot also, because yes. that means it's open to everything. And uh, right. we, we like to talk about right. a lot of different subjects. And do you, excuse me for interrupting, Jacko, but don't you have a website also? Yeah, orochongo.com is the best place to find us, www. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And all of our simulcasts are there for uh, where, where we do our show now. Um, every every show is right there on the front page. Paula set that page up. Um, since we, after we got our domain, she went ahead and put our archive page right there on the front so people can scroll down. They can see what all of our shows are about. We just broke the 60 show mark, so I'm very proud of that I, that part, too. Nice. Wow. Wow. Great, man. Hey, man, so I, I remember like my... Uh, right over I remember my first 50, 60 shows, man. That's awesome. When you get to that mark, you feel definitely like you accomplished something. Yeah. Oh, yes. We're looking forward to number 100. We've got a, a little contest oh, that's the best one we have oh. running right now for show number 100. The first person that calls in on the, on on the 100th show, uh, we're gonna we're gonna see to it that they uh, get a hundred dollars in their PayPal account. Oh, cool! Wow, nice. Great. That's good. That's good. What number is that? And what time is it? And, what, and, and how do I get in there first? Let's <laughs> see. So now you now you caught me now you caught me with my shirt off because I ain't got the the calling number right directly in front of me, but I can have it up before we get the show over with here. Great, great, great. Yeah, I I gotta be number one in that line. <laughs> well, the, the if, I, if, is, I, if, I, if I if I can if I can get ahead of Jacqueline and Rick, yeah. Well, the, oh, the, the trick is I'll give you guys I'll give you guys the trick and your listeners here uh, because the trick is to be sure and listen to the archives because we stopped announcing what the show number was quite a few shows ago. Ah, oh, cool, cool, cool. So people have to go back and check all the archives to figure out which show was the last one we said what the number was. Yeah, and I bet you couldn't talk you out of it with a burning stick in the eye. Well, that's probably what I'd get from the wife if I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. you hey, guys, I want to welcome a, a listener to the show who's joining us. Her name is Jessica. She's a good friend of mine, and she's joining hey, the Jessica. show for the first time here. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Hi. Jessica. Welcome, welcome to Skywatchers Radio. Yes, welcome to Skywatchers Radio. So that's cool, man. I'm I'm glad you're you're joining the uh, the team here on on you know Paranormal Soup Network. We have uh, we're building a pretty good roster. We got DCS, like I mentioned earlier, Miss Crystal Storm joining us as well, and Mr. Melchizedek is joining also, and that's a pretty good lineup we're putting together. It's going to be impressive. Now your yeah. show's going to be audio only at first, right? Yeah, we're going to start off with audio, but uh, Paula and I were just talking. By the way, let me introduce my co-host and producer. Uh, even though she's uh, she does, she still has that job thing, so she has to sleep at night. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, living uh, with the vampires. Off. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even know for sure if she let me in there after dark or not. So, <laughs> but her name is Paula, and uh, she's my lovely wife of twenty four and a half years. We're getting ready to celebrate twenty five years together here on the uh, 11th of January, so another little Wait, cool. little Wait, big cool. event. Congratulations. Hello, boss. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Thank <Paula>. you. <laughs> well, she's in bed, but uh, she'll be, she said oh. she'd be sure to join us uh, as soon as, she's looking forward to getting together with everybody on uh, on this 
Uvu, uh, the new program we got here, she had everybody set up for friend invites on it. So <laughs> tomorrow that will take place. It's pretty handy for that. So, oh, um, yes. so you you started this in March. You said started actually right. broadcasting, and yep, you're, you're doing four four nights a week right now. Right, it's uh, four nights a week. We're on at uh, 9 p.m. Um, I haven't heard anybody else mention the network we're on, so I'm not going to be the first. <laughs> uh, it's blah. It's blah, 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 blah radio. radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, that radio. It's like a four, that, that radio name is like a four-letter word on our show. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I figured. So I figured we'll just let people surf. We'll just let people surf over and find us. We're really yeah, yeah, find on the internet. There you yeah. go. And you gave out your you gave out your website so they can find it from there. And hey, I really appreciate the opportunity for that because we are brand new in this, but we're looking forward. My wife and I run a tractor trailer team for ten years, and I've got a total of twenty seven years retired over the road. So. Um, we're looking forward to making this our new career. I bet you've seen some stuff. Yeah, I can tell you a story or two. <laughs> <laughs> you know the trick well, to actually, a truck driver's story, though, right? What, so what's what is that? that? If it starts off with, you're not going to believe this, S-H space T, then uh, that might be one that's just a trucker story, not one that really happened. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I got I got one for you real quick. I hate to grab a couple of minutes, but I'm going to anyway. And it's really about a cowboy. And and there was this uh this this ranch and there was a sign on the fence of the ranch and it said top hand needed. And this guy shows up and he goes back and talks to the rancher and he says, "Hey, I'm a top hand." And the the, the, the rancher looks him over and He's a little suspicious. He says, well, uh, let's find out about that. So to make a long story short, he goes out. He's the best rider. He's the best roper. He's the best everything the guy's ever seen. When he gets done with all the testing, the guy goes, man, you know, I almost didn't hire you. And he goes, why is that? He said, well, when I looked down and saw those tennis shoes, where are your cowboy boots? He said, man, you want anybody to think I'm a trucker? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that was good. If you got cowboy boots, if you got cowboy boots and you're in truck, you need the chain drive wallet to go with it. Yes. <laughs> but I will say this: driving or something like that is about the only comfortable way to wear cowboy boots, where you don't have to walk on them. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. And, and and I will say this too: that uh, I've been on the highway, broke down a couple of times, and truckers are definitely your friends. Oh yeah. yeah. I broke down uh, somewhere near Austin, Texas, but way up in the in the place up there years ago. And a trucker stopped and took me into Austin, and I filled up my gas can, and, and he called ahead. Another trucker picked me up and took me right back to my car. Yeah, I've, I've, I've helped people out like that before. That's the best way to get somebody. We do that for people simply because we don't like people out walking along the interstate. It's actually a really dangerous thing to do. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it is, yeah. Right. Now, Otto, well, guys, y'all going to let me here. do some of my U.S.? 
yeah, well, well quick question here for uh, Mr. Shango before we, we get onto your UFO stuff there, Dennis. Uh, I want to ask him, you know, since he's been doing the show now for a few months, what's been the like the favorite subject that you've covered so far? Our favorite subject that we've covered so far, other than the spirituality, which that's always my favorite. I'm, I don't have any objectivity on that. But as far as everything else, I would have to say my favorite thing that I'm in, very interested in learning a lot more about is EVPs. Okay. Well, that's, that actually, that's, that's, that's interesting. That leads me to uh, my show tomorrow, which is going to be on Tenacity Radio. I'm, I'm having author Randall Keller who wrote the book, The Voices from Forever, about wow. EVPs. You couldn't Pretty keep me from that show. And, and yes. I'd, I'll be there in the front row on that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it ought to be great. But, spooky uh, book. Uh, I was looking at some of the stuff on there. It was kind of a, a spooky uh, book that he wrote on there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, interested in seeing what he has uh up his arsenal. He's actually sent me a couple different uh, EVPs that I might play on the show tomorrow, so that's always cool. But Dennis, go ahead. I know you had a couple UFO-related stuff you wanted to get to tonight. All right. You, you mean I'm up? Oh, boy. You're next. Well, just, just for, turn, a, just come on, come on, ending, boy. You can do it. This is a little ending note here. <laughs> little ending, little well, ending first note. Off, first, uh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, this is an ending... This is this is an ending note. I, it's really uh, very synchronistic uh, that I'm on this show first because uh, I, there's quite a few members of my family, including myself, that have had multiple UFO sighting experiences. So uh, uh, cool. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward wait, to the content uh, of this show also. Well, you're hanging around, uh, right? Cool. Don't lie to me. Yeah. Yes, I'll right? be here. Okay. Yep. Well, I'll be here. This is, this is the uh, the second show we've done on Paranormal Super Network. We've been doing a lot of shows in the past, and one thing that's great about this show is we like to have a lot of our guests uh, come out and you know tell their stories and let the audience decide whether is real or not real, whether they're lying or, or they're honest. And uh, that's you know the great thing about shows like ours is we you know give the audience that opportunity. And we've had some really great guests. Last week we had Jeff Woldwine on the show. And he's, of course, a very controversial figure in ufology and stuff. And, you know, we've, we've had a bunch of good guests. In fact, we're going to have Steve Bassett back on the show pretty soon. And he's, of course, legendary, Mr. Steve Bassett. Now, you, t- you said you yes. guys had some experiences yourself. Uh, what kind of uh, experiences have you heard of from your family? Oh, well, um, my, I have an uncle of mine and myself that share an experience. We lived, when I was a child, probably preteen. Uh, probably 11 years old, I believe it was. And uh, my friend and I, we always liked to play outside. We, we had a game we called Carlite. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, but Carlite was played by young kids in small rural towns where you stood outside around hanging out in the yard, in somebody's yard, and when a car would come by, the lights would shine. You know, once the headlights got to a certain place where they were shining on you, if, if the lights shined on you, you were out. And it was kind of like tag with car lights, with headlights. And so we were playing this one night, and there was a total of five of us standing in the yard that all saw this, me and four of my friends. And we live in a very mountainous area here in western Maryland, and the mountains are pretty close together in the small town that I grew up in. And this, an object passed over and stopped halfway between the two mountain peaks, and it seemed like it was really far away. 
when when we first noticed it. One kid noticed it and he pointed out to the rest of us. And we were all standing there looking. It, it just seemed like a purple and white dot at first. And then without even, a, within the blink of an eye, it was like it came from hovering way up above and came straight down. And it was, it was so detailed that we could see uh, it was a... I don't want to say saucer shape because that's just you know that's it was close to saucer shape but more like a football and the bottom of it looked kind of it looked kind of like a blimp and only the the, the uh, material that it was made of I could tell by looking at it. I remember this vividly from 11 years old the material it was made of was it didn't seem to me at that age to be anything that anybody on this planet could make and it could, because of the way it it glimmered and in the bottom part of it it was like there were it was these portals or windows and in the portals we could see the shapes of head and two days later the, the five of us all got together and agreed that that's exactly what we saw and we were going to stick to that story and about a week and a half later my uncle who was the uh, um, superintendent of the United Methodist Church in town was at our house visiting my grandmother and he told a story about a similar sighting that happened on the exact same night and he lives about 30 miles away well wow. so wow. that that was my first first time ever seeing something in the sky that I couldn't identify wow uh, sounds crazy. similar to what I saw <laughs> okay well, it sounds like nothing uh, like what I saw, but pretty amazing story. Well, the only what was the shape of the one the one that you saw? Like I said, it was, it was so similar to a football, but that's not really yeah, a good exactly. representation. Was it's more like ends, a flower pot. When you a say a football, pot. when you but when you say a football, do you mean that the ends be, were more pointed than a football? That the ends no, came to more of a point. They weren't so much of a point as they went out in almost to a fine line and then kept going for a little while. Kind of like a piece of candy twisted up in a foil paper. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't exactly. Well, mine, mine looked like a football, only uh, real tapered ends with the, the lights you described going around it and no, no sound whatsoever. No, there was no sound, and, it, and once it came close, the light went from just the purple and white. It went to a green... And a purple tint and that's what caught my attention about my uncle's story because at the age of 11 and he was kind of elderly at the time he wasn't really you know close in age to me like an uncle should be it was more more distant uh, age but being the superintendent of the Methodist Church and standing at my grandmother's house telling this story you know <laughs> that made it seem just well if he saw it there's no way he could lie because he's Methodist. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's understood being from the South myself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. That's amazing. I think we've story. all had pretty uh, clear experiences that kind of leave us understanding that there is definitely something going on beyond the norm. You know, I mean, whether there are government projects that we just don't know about or whether they're aliens from other planets, there are definitely stuff in the skies flying around that is not conventional aircraft. That much is well, definitely you know, you, you know what I always say? For those who don't believe in UFOs, I'll wave to you as we take off. 
There you go. That's a good one. Now, guys, you know what really would suck, though, is uh, if a UFO finally does come down for the Day of Disclosure and it lands on the White House lawn and it's a huge mothership and out the gate of the mothership out comes this 25-foot Native American-looking alien. Yeah. And he's and he comes back to take his land. That would be just the worst that could happen, I think. You know, I, I don't think he'd want it now. I think we've pretty well destroyed it. You know? <laughs> okay, Jackal, now you now you really got, got me thinking now. Uh, hey, we can't hold it now. We can't have any thinking on this show. I had a dream. <laughs> check this out. Check out this dream. I had a dream about a year and a half ago. And I don't have very many oh. really vivid dreams that I remember. But I had a dream about a year and a half ago of a spaceship, just about like, does it, is anyone old enough to remember the old show UFO that was on TV? Yes. Yes. Remember how, remember how really cool looking their UFOs looked and sounded? Yes. Yeah. Well, that, it was very that Hollywood. Kind of very, very Hollywood. Yeah, very much Hollywood, but very, for the, for special effects for that time, it was for very that time they were great. Right. 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 And, I, it was that kind of UFO, and it came down. I don't remember what the area was, but I was standing on the ground watching it come down. And when it came down, the beam of light came out. And when the beam of light disappeared, the crying Indian from the old litter commercials was standing there crying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember. I, I, was I almost remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a weird. Um, <laughs> Um, shoot, now you got me thinking uh, again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, since since we got on to crying Indians, I almost had to cry today. I almost had to cry today at the news that uh, Roy Rogers collection from the Roy Rogers Dale Evans Museum in Branson, Missouri is going up for auction at Christie's. And they expect the stuffed trigger to, to bring $100,000. Now, what's it got to do with UFOs? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Not a damn thing at all. But? But. Old shows yeah. and well, you crying know, Indians. You know, you know, yeah. you know, you know I, I like Roy Rogers. I mean, Benji brought the subject up. But uh, but Gene Autry's horse champion was smarter because he could shoot a pistol. Yeah. That's right. Yep, he did. Anyway, are y'all gonna let me give out this UFO stuff, or are y'all just gonna let me go to sleep with it? Well, we're we're here waiting. You hear the uncomfortable silence there for okay, two seconds. Okay, okay. First, 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 look, first, first thing out of the get bag it out, Dennis. Come on, you the can do time. It. I can try anyway. If I don't, if nobody likes it, that don't matter. Uh, this is out from Time uh, from Time, which is in partnership with CNN, by the way. And the top out of the top ten quirky local festivals was number two, the one that happened the Fourth of July weekend this past weekend, the Roswell UFO Festival. And they say each year over the Fourth of July, aliens descend upon Roswell, New Mexico. There are aliens with cone heads and ones with four legs, aliens that would frighten small children and even extraterrestrial beauty queens. The Roswell USO Festival celebrates one of the most debated incidents in history 
an alleged flying saucer crash landing 30 miles outside the town in July 1947. It's been more than 60 years and questions still remain. Either way, the festival doesn't discriminate. Organizers welcome alien enthusiasts and skeptics alike to partake in a continued contest and a host of activities, including talks with alien experts and authors, live entertainment, and a parade. So you guys in Rodwell, you're messing up. You're only number two. We want to see you number one yet here of the top ten <coughs> festivals. Okay, that's, uh, that's, that's that one. Here's a good one. This is out of the Telegraph, out of UK. All right. Uh, EK call for X-Files archive of UFO sightings. A European Union lawmaker has called on members member governments to open their secret files on UFOs saying people need to know about close encounters of the third kind. This was posted 6 July 2010, yesterday. And uh, I'm not even going to try his name, but his first name is Mario. An Italian member of the European Parliament said that the EU needed its own X-Files archive where anyone could see information on UFOs, including data gathered by the military. Mr. I'm going to try it this time, Bargizoio <laughs> said all European governments should go public and stop what he called a systematic cover-up. Opening the files is not precedented. Last year, Britain published 4,000 papers online on 800 alleged encounters with aliens during the 1980s and 1990s. And over the past three years, the Ministry of Defense has been gradually releasing previously secret UFO papers after facing freedom of information demands. Uh, the gentleman also said it was essential to have a scientific center to research unidentified flying objects. Its investigation could have, quote, major scientific and te technology spinoffs, end quote, he said. I think that using the principle of transparency, the EU member states have a duty to make public and available to all scientific data on UFOs, which today are partially or wholly withheld, he said. He is speaking the support of other lawmakers from the 736th Member Assembly for a statement calling on government act. 736 members. Here's the bottom line. So far, though, he's collected only 18 signatures. <laughs> okay. Sorry, we really uh what stands out of that story is uh, an Italian named Mario. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, mean, I thought about that too, and I thought about the fact that it was the Italians, you know. But still, it's, it's, Mario. It's the <laughs> I think of the game, you know, the Mario. Why do we end up making fun of people? Let's not do that. <laughs> this is from, uh, this is from the Fowler's Files. Number 28, 2010, and this comes from the, the great UFOlogist, George A. Fowler. He's the MUFON Eastern Region Director. I know you guys know what I think about MUFON, but George is a very good man, been supplying me with information for years, and he's just above the crop. If you want to get on his list, and I highly recommend it, he puts out the filler's files about every two weeks, and he has a listing of almost every UFO that's seen uh, that's been reported to MUFON uh, for that two weeks. So you, you can get his his uh, filer's file from from writing him at 
Major Star, M-A-J-O-R-S-T-A-R, at Verizon.net. And I'll give that out again after I get through playing with his report. This is his report from July 7, 2010. And, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Filer was a, was, became interested in uh, UFOs after, uh, he was, uh, he, he said, I personally became interested in UFO when London Control ordered me to intercept one over England while flying for the U.S. Air Force. So this, uh, this this man is a real the real real thing. Anyway, the real this is his uh, first. He is yeah. yeah he's 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 a real uh, what do they call him? Top pirates. Anyway, he's yeah. he's up there and a good friend. Anyway, this is his special report. Uh, I can't read the whole thing because it would take up more than the two hours we got. You guys want to get it? I gave you the address. Why did UFOs? Why? I mean, this is a special report from him. Why are UFOs a ridicule? At a certain level of government, it seems the report of UFOs rather than the UFOs themselves re were regarded as a threat to national security. After World War II, operators who literally plugged you in when making a phone call handled telephone calls. The government became concerned that our phone system was being overrun by UFO reports. On September 24, 1952, H. Marshall Chadro Chadwell wrote a memo to CIA Director Walter Smith stating, quote, I'm concerned that large numbers of phone calls, a huge volume of letters and press releases, ATIC, Air Technical Intelligence Center, had received 1,500 official UFO reports since 1947 and 250 reports in July alone, that the public concerns with the phenomena which is reflected in both the U.S. press and the pressure of inquiry upon the Air Force, indicates that a fair proportion of our population is mentally conditioned to, to, the, to the acceptance of the incredible. In this fact lies the potential for creating mass hysteria and panic. The USSR is credited with the present capacity of delivering an air attack against the United States. Yet at any given moment now, there may be current a dozen official unidentified sightings plus many unofficial ones. At any moment of attack, we are now in a position where we cannot, on an instant basis, distinguish hardware from phantom. And as the tension mounts, we will run the increasing risk of false alerts and the even greater danger of falsely identifying the real as phantom. What can be done to stop people from reporting UFOs? The Robinson panel was convened by the CIA to discuss the problem during January 14th to 17th, 1953. The panel concluded UFOs were not a threat, but that the continued emphasis on the reporting of this phenomenon does, in these perilous times, result in a threat to the orderly functioning of the protective organs of the body politic. This threat involved the clogging of communication channels with UFO reports, the, the cultivation of a morbid national philosophy, uh, psychology in which skillful hospital propaganda could induce hysterical behavior and harmful dis distrust of duty constituted authority. Consequently, the panel recommended that, quote, the national security agencies take immediate steps to strip the UFOs of the special status they have been given and the uh, era of mystery they have unfortunately required. The method predicted was debunking UFOs. 
Here's the panel's debunking strategy for some, for some of the top scientific minds of the government, such as Nobel Prize winner in physics, Dr. Luis Alvarez, Dr. Lloyd Burton, the director of the Brookhaven National Laboratories, and Chairman Dr. H.P. Robinson, director of weapon systems evaluation at the Secretary of Defense. The debunking aim would result in redu reduction in public interest in flying saucers, which today evokes a strong psychological reaction. This education could be accompanied by mass media such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories, which had been puzzled at first but later explained. As in the case of conjuring tricks, there is much stimulation if the secret is known. Such a program would tend to reduce the gullibility of the public and consequently the susceptibility of evil hostile propaganda. Dr. Edward Condor's scientific study of unidentified flying objects, page 915-916. Editor's note, essentially belittling and propaganda techniques were used to debunk the reality of UFOs in order to help protect the United States and other <coughs> countries propaganda that could induce hysterical behavior and clog communication channels. Robinson panel was still putting a negative spin on UF news at least 13 years after the panel met. So I thought that was a little piece of history that ought to be brought up. And I oh, want yeah. to thank I want to thank George A. Fowler, the uh, Mufon Eastern Regional Director and a friend been corresponding with for years. If you guys want to get his files every couple of weeks, uh, go to uh, get in touch with him at Major Star, M A J O R Star at Verizon Network. Anyway, uh, George, a I can't read. Like I said, I can't read his old, old report. It would take a long time. You guys need to get it yourselves. But for instance, he starts off his report every every report with where. UFOs have been uh, seen that in, in the past two weeks, and it's surprising. Of course, remember these are uninvestigated reports, raw reports. Uh, but anyway, he, he says unidentified aerial phenomena sightings in the last two weeks were over Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York. Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Texas, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Sightings of UFOs also occurred in Canada, China, Dominican Republic, Hungary, Poland, Spain, and the United Kingdom. <clears throat> United Kingdom. So there you go. Uh, wow. That's from George. Now, if you want to go a little so, bit you know, uh, they're, historical they're, they're, here, Dennis, uh, I, got, I got a story for you. Did you ever uh, read up on Bobby Kennedy and uh, the UFO report uh, that he was involved in? Yeah, you know, I, I remember reading that years ago, but you'll have to refresh our, my memory whenever, as you tell everybody else because I do remember a report about him, but I don't remember any details. Well, in, in recent uh, rediscovered videotaped interviews with uh, Colonel Philip J. Corso done by uh, Muritsu Bayata, I believe is the name, in, in uh, Rome, back in July of 1997, the colonel reveals that he had personally briefed Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy in the early 60s about the result of his uh, top-secret work of bringing pieces of the Roswell UFO crash to be selected uh, to selected companies in the military-industrial complex for developing and adapting the alien technology. 
you can watch actual video clips at uh, on a website here. I'm going to post in a couple minutes. As President Kennedy's younger brother, Bobby Bobby Kennedy, was not only the Attorney General but also JFK's most trusted advisor at the time. A uh, now this, mind you, this is a year after JFK's assassination. Uh, he was uh, selected senator for the state of New York in November 1964, where he soon became a prominent political figure uh, because of his charisma. As everybody knows, the Kennedy name as well helped. You know, being a Kennedy in politics helps you guys. Uh, he probably would have, had actually had become president if, if not for the fact that he was assassinated, like his brother, in a very tragic way uh, in Los Angeles, uh, California. Actually, it was I believe in the Ambassador Hotel. Uh, where he was murdered yep. in Los Angeles, California, back in 1968. Yes, it was. Um, it says here, we only have Corso's testimony for this briefing, so we made a thorough search of the public records to see if uh, there were any clues about Bobby Kennedy and the UFO subject. Ironically, the best-known document uh, where he expressed a strong belief in UFOs, a letter uh, to ufologist Gary Barker, dated back May 9th, 1968, uh, maybe it might be a forgery. They say here that they're, you know, they're not sure if it's a legitimate copy, but they have a photo of the uh, supposed letter. Uh, it says here, we'll discuss our research with this uh, letter later on, but let's uh, first look at the letter written by Senator Kennedy in 1965 and 1966. Here, let me post the link so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Now, this is yeah, pretty well, interesting. Yeah, well, if it's... If it came from Gray Barker, it, it has yeah. a little bit of a taint to it. <laughs> You've got to watch yeah. out for anything from Gray Barker. In fact, for Where instance, I was, for instance, I was just rereading uh, his best friend's book, who's also a very good friend of mine, as you guys know, James Mosley, and I was reading yes. his UFO book, UFO Crash uh, Secrets. And, uh, well, let's just say he's got some claims about the men in black and uh, their visitor to, to uh, uh, Bender, Albert K. Bender, uh, that we need to get him on the show, one of these shows, and talk about it, if I can get him on the show again. But uh, Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, it, 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 it's pretty much known that, that a lot of the stuff that Gray Barker was involved in were, were hoaxes. Well, that's there one thing go. that the the article here brings up. It could be a forgery, uh, the document here, and it's pretty interesting, though. I mean, if it's not a forgery, uh, it would make sense why uh, the Kennedy brothers were assassinated back in in their day when they were killed. Uh, remember, that's when the top secret stuff started happening with with UFOs. If these guys were trying to get to the you know to the secret and try to uncover what was going on, uh, might be a reason why they were killed. I could add to it, but it, yeah, most likely it is a forgery. Yeah, but that's a stretch. That's a stretch. So that's a stretch. Yeah, well, it is a stretch. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it's not more of a stretch than one bullet killing the president and shooting him like what five times. Well, now that is that yeah. is that is an impossibility. <laughs> and every time I see that idiot Alan Specter on the TV, I want to jump up there and choke him because he's yeah. the one that put that before us. And uh, that is the most ridiculous thing in any conspiracy book that I've ever read. Yeah, the magic bullet theory. Come on now. Yeah, seriously. Uh -huh. Yeah, one bullet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and, and then it came out pristine, laying on the uh, on the stretcher, and nobody spotted it. Yeah. yeah. Until after Jack Ruby walked by, and it didn't have any blood on it or any traces. No, no, it was pristine. It didn't yeah. even have plier marks where it was pulled out of the damn uh, cartridge. You know. 
Well, that's true. that's because it was a new bullet out of the box. That somebody had been <laughs> trying to reload. <laughs> Uh, you're probably right. Uh, you're a oh, well, winner, Mr. Oz. We don't have enough time on this show to solve all the problems. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just was, today I, I was doing some research and I happened to run across Bobby Kennedy, being y'all brought him up, and Chip Dewitt. Seems that he really liked to tell jokes about, he, he used to ask people, you got any new Chip Dewitt jokes? And he'd save them up and tell them at parties. And, of course, he <laughs> named his car Splash, you know. So this guy had a hell of a sense of humor. I thought that was Teddy Kennedy named his car. Teddy Kennedy, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Teddy Teddy Kennedy, he also was the one that liked to tell those those type of jokes. Yeah, it's amazing how different uh, America would have been if uh, you know President Kennedy would not have been killed, and uh, would have you know completed. We would have had a dynasty. We we would have had a we would have had a dynasty. We would have had a dynasty of all three brothers, and and that's what somewhere along the line that was part of why they were stopped, I believe. You think, really? Instead, instead we got instead we got the bankers' friends. Yeah, yeah. They don't get me started on the Kennedy assassination because that goes (laughs) a whole different direction than UFOs. Yes, it does. Oh, really? I don't. But but what you got? Let's get you started on the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, let, what you've okay. got to what you hey what you've got to realize with with us on all of our shows, no matter what the subject matter, we certainly can find other subject matter to take talk about. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Be, because that number one, there. because number one, something I've been saying for thirty years, it's all connected. So, yeah. you know, you can't talk about one without the other. That's exactly right. But uh, to get me started on the Kennedy assassination, I I, I can begin simply by saying anybody that hasn't been to the spot where he was assassinated needs to go and have a look at the obelisk that is on the street corner right beside there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that'll tell you exactly well, you who's responsible. It's, 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 you, they rub our nose in the fact that they took him out by putting yes, that obelisk. They, they rub their nose in the fact they took our money and everything else. But, you know, what's interesting yeah. is when Kennedy was assassinated... You know, what's interesting is, is when Kennedy was assassinated, I happened to have been in a foreign country. I was down in Panama and uh, in the Army. And so when Kennedy was assassinated, all my feedback came from Panamanians. And they just automatically assumed that our country had had a coup. And that's what happened. But in the United States, they were watching 24-hour-7 of what the TV channels were telling them, and they never saw it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people that say I'm, I'm I might be doing the or saying the wrong thing whenever I bring up the big I word. You know what the big I word is, right? Yeah, the Illuminati. Uh, but uh, Illuminati, oh, yeah. yeah. Immigration. Yeah. Immigration. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we can talk about that too if you want, Jackal. But um, yeah, no, I can somehow I'll mix that, that into UFOs, also. Believe me. Yeah, well, actually, the immigration <laughs> thing—the immigration thing—is tied into the Illuminati thing in quite a few different ways. Oh, sure oh, yeah. it is. Oh yeah. But the uh, yeah. you know the whole immigration thing is is about aliens, of course. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's also uh, about it's also it's also about. The Illuminati and and the and the trilateralist plan. Yes, it is. 
We were we were talking. We didn't know how we didn't know how they were doing it. But 20 years ago, in meetings with Bo Grice, we were talking about they were going to have to bring down the American education and economy and bring the Mexican up in order to form their their happy little world. And uh, which one's easier to do to bring the Mexican economy and 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 uh, educational level up or to bring ours down? And that's what it's all about. I'm sorry. I'm yep. sorry. You gotta bring it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got a book from the Trilaterals Committee from from years ago where they had a meeting about all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In those words, they don't even hide it. They um, don't hide it. No. And you can go you can go get you can get one copy. Well, I don't know if they still do it, but you can get the current copy of their 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 hand their. Uh, they're inside stuff free one time. Once you're on their list, that's all. Uh, and, and all you got to do is read one copy. You know, you can get the trilateralists and, and the, uh, and the, uh, uh, Council on Foreign Relations. You can write to them, tell them you want a copy of it to see what they do, and they'll send you a copy. And it will freak you out. I don't care what point in history you get, you'll be seeing the future. And here's a question for you guys, and, I, and I've never really asked you guys this. Uh, you know, I, I keep hearing a lot of uh, people, you know, speak negatively of the Illuminati and the New World Order for many, many years now. I've heard a lot of negative stuff about these folks, but let me ask you a question. What would be really the downside to a one-world government? I mean, in all honesty. Well, there is no local rule. Major loss okay. of freedom that we have in this country that there's been millions of lives lost to get. You, you know, let me explain. Let okay, me explain. Let's, something. Let's, let's, let me. Let's look. Let's look at it from the point of view that the, the type of government that it looks like they're trying to build is a worldwide American-style government. Something no, like no, no, it's, it's a socialist not. government. It's a socialist the, government. You the, know, let me let me just say one thing. Let me first of all, first of all, they let don't me. have a constitution for this so-called government. They don't have oh, yes, a constitution. They do. They do. No, they, they have do. A they got a UN. They got a UN constitution. That's a scary piece of shit. That's yes, it is. It's scary. <laughs> and that's saying it really nice. You know let, me I mean? just, let me just let me let me throw something in here. It just happens that my neighbor behind me, and if he could speak plain or English, I would love to get him on the show. He uh, he escaped from uh, uh, he escaped from Russia over the wall. He didn't wait till he could come. He escaped from Russia over the wall. And then he worked for 10 or 12 years to, to become a legal, you know, come into the United States legally and then become a citizen and all that. Well, he had a flat, uh, I mean, a, uh, his battery went out yesterday, and I drove him over to the to pick it up. And I said, uh, well, what do you think about everything that's going on? And he says, you know what? He said, I fought and worked my head off to get out of that country to become a legal citizen of this country. And he said, and now... Their system is following me here. He said, everything I'm watching. I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, if they get into medical, I said, if they get into medical, we'll have long lines. He said, long lines ain't the problem. He says, what happens is the government ends up controlling what doctors are paid, and a meat market butcher can make more, so they get a lower-class doctor, and it ends up that when you go to the doctor, he doesn't know whether you have a cold or cancer. Well, so that's I, the thing right there. The question that the question that Jack will ask, all you got to do is ask somebody that is legally legally in this country, 
Especially yeah, like that story here. where yeah, they but from you can't Russia. really use. They look you can't really use yeah, but you can't really use a, a third world country as an example. We're talking about you know in the future here. If uh, the, Russia was not third world, that's what we're saying. Hold on. If we go to a one world government, we're going to be third world. Hold on. That's right, because they be, a one, they beat the gun and government. Guys, hold on. Guys, hold on, guys. A one-world government type of rule has never been used before. So this would be completely brand new. This has never been done. So you can't really compare it. See, to I, Russia I just, or see, to I disagree with. I, <coughs> I disagree you, with all, that. I think world, world one-world government has been done before, and that's, I believe, when civilizations end up falling. Yes. And, yeah, there's been and many attempts at it. Just look at the ones that have tried it in the past. They're the ones, the ones that have thought that there needed to be one world order. You want a few names? I can start with Hitler and Mussolini. Yes. No, but see, Hitler was. Yeah, but that was all. That was all just. That was all. That was test. All that. All that was test. If you look, at, if you look at history. Yeah, but Hitler was trying. If you look at history, he was trying to manipulate. Okay, one at a time. Master race. Hitler was trying to do a master race. That's a completely different story altogether. We're not talking about a master Hitler, race. Hitler, Hitler, about, uh, no, Hitler. He wanted a master race to control the population of the world. The master yes. race was going to be the ones that were going to be in charge. But, but the well, thought actually, actually talking about with a new world order. Okay, yeah, what yeah, you got to do is, what you got to do. It's exactly that, Jackal. It's exactly you have to that. Track, because you have to track. You have to track the money. And if you track the money, you will find out that the uh, the, the communist experiment in Russia, and the the uh, Nazi experiment in Hitler, and the democracy experiment in the United States are all financed by the same people. That's right. Exactly. And who are these people? So yeah, those they, people they, don't care one way or the other about any of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, now and just and, and just guys, like you said, line, and just like you said, is, the bottom one at a time, guys, one at a time. Uh, yeah, yeah my bottom time. line. The bottom is, line is Rick, it's all about uh, it's all about money. That's really the bottom line. It's all about oh, yes. money. They're gonna, oh, as long as they're making money, I, I don't think it's as evil of a scheme as everybody's making it out to be. The, they're going to either reinvent this economy. Hold on, let me let me finish, guys. No, guys. They're either going to reinvent this economy with a new form of dollar, with a new currency, to try to you know fix their mistakes. But at the end of the day, as long as you know they're getting paid and they have money in the bank, that's all I think a lot of these people care about. I think it's mostly a way for them to you know make more money and keep themselves living a nice. Lavish <coughs> actually, actually, it's power. They've got the money. It's power that they care about. But you, right. you, you, now, said, you, you, you have actually hit. You have actually hit it on the head, Jackal, and you're not even realizing it. Like oh, you said, it. Cuba, Cuba, Cuba is the example of socialism, and that is what they plan. And then, and that is just like they let Hitler paid him to do his example of his style, and they they gave the Russians uh, the money to do it their way, and this country to do it our way. They also set up Cuba to show how it would work that way. And that's their aim. And guess their which one doesn't yeah, work at all? Worldwide Cuba. Hey, Jackal, do you think that there really can be a possibility of the utopia that you're thinking of? Not at all. And that's what you're describing. The, right. the, the one world yeah. order, the one playing, world order playing, that you would like to I'm see. Playing, uh, I'm, I'm playing a like devil's it. advocate here, guys. I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, I'm asking you the what yeah. if. Uh, why is yes, he is because a negative thing, 
And, and here's the thing. I completely agree because I've mentioned before about Cuba being a testing ground for this kind of thing. Right. And I believe really that's what's going on there. But here, at the end it of the is. day, here's the thing. What is the alternatives? The alternatives is, is or are, uh, you know, re-electing other people NRT that are not going to go down this route. But who can we trust? That's, that's the right. problem. They're, we can't trust anybody. doesn't matter who you re-elect. We, and they're all part of the same plan. So really, at the end of the day, we can all just sit back and just uh, we have to write it out. There's really nothing no, we, we can we, possibly we, do. Well, we yeah, actually, there's a lot of things you that. could do. There are the a lot of things. things the first thing, you, but the, fir- the very first thing and the easiest thing we can do is with the fair tax, and that's get the money that goes to the government under the control of the people and not the control of the government. And that's what the fair tax will do. And it's setting up there right now with 45 or so sponsors, and everybody just has to write their senators and congressmen and say, "Look, I only care about one thing right now, and that's that you pass the fair tax. That's the only way it's going to happen, and that well, will." make a change a big change it, that will make a change but that's not the first thing that needs to be fixed the first thing that needs to be fixed is this country needs to be put back on the gold standard in some form our money yes. needs to be worth well, something again before we that, can fix that, anything that goes along yeah. with it but they've got to get rid of that irs and the taxation which uh you know like small business right now counting all their taxes are paying 55 percent taxes why are they going to hire more people to pay more social security for them well there's there's the, the irs thing about the irs going away that's easy we can get rid of them the same way as we can get rid of a bad politician power of the people that's right and 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 the fair tax would do it because it would take the money out of their hands and put it in the hands of the consumer and the consu- consumer could make the decision on whether he wanted to spend or save and, and 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 they wouldn't he would they wouldn't automatically get their money to spend however they wanted right the uh, back to the one world government and its aims you can go through and you can look at the construction of the united nations and what you will see is they pass the power around on a timely basis as an example at the very time that the us was invading iraq the members of the Nuclear Regulatory Committee were in the eyes. So I, both Iraq and Iran sat on that board. Right. So, uh, and it was and it was timed wonderfully for that. So, who sets that up? Well, that would be the Council for Foreign Relations. That's Go right. look it up. That's right. <laughs> Go look it up. Well, I just want to say one thing about the Council on Foreign Relations. Back when I started, of course, like a lot of people know that know me, my grandfather told me about this stuff in 1963, about what was going on in the country and what was going to happen with the Federal Reserve and all that. And back in those days, uh, it, it, you know, it didn't, it, you, couldn't, you couldn't see it as well as you can see it today. But right now you can just see where we're heading, totally. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say about the Council on Foreign Relations, the Council, I was going to say Council on Foreign Relations, what I was going to say about them is that, is that their plan was the New World Order, and then in 72, I believe it was, of a President, of President Carter, uh, 
uh, David Rockefeller, notice how his name always comes up, and Brzezinski, who is, uh, I believe, on Obama's team right now, uh, yep. they all got together and formed the Trilateral Commission, which said that, hey, people are not going to go for a one-world order until we even out the economic and educational levels of the people. So what we need to do first is we need to create three three places we need to create the 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 European Union the Asian Union and the nor and and the nor and the, and the American Union and and form three different hemispherical uh, areas and then make them all become equally and then we'll be able to push through our new world order so the plan is going uh, with those two and and the, and the Council on Foreign Relations back in the days I started studying was a be quiet top secret never be out front entity now you see them on television as advisors yeah well there's one big flaw in that plan okay there's one huge flaw in that entire plan they didn't include Africa at all okay I know I know it I know <laughs> a half a billion people some of the greatest natural resources on this planet and uh, most of some, the natural resources of this planet Yes. Almost all of them can be found in Africa. Yes, mm -hmm. and the greatest numbers, too, as, as well, right. with a few exceptions. But, and also top scientists. Yeah, sure. But the uh, that's part of the natural resources, actually. Right, uh, right. But the, the biggest thing in Africa now is the same as it's been for 400 years. People ignore it. Even the Council for Foreign Relations ignore it. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. We got some genocide going on. We got to do something to look good. Um, well, that that might be their downfall. I'm hoping. <laughs> I am hoping. Now, my my question is, how did a man like David Rockefeller get so powerful in this whole situation? Because he was he was born it's, incredibly uh, rich. For one it started yeah. with his you know, with his it started with the his. Father and grandfather wow. with Standard Oil, and the way Standard Oil was built was at gunpoint. Standard yes, Oil wanted your if Standard Oil wanted your oil field, and you wouldn't sell out at their price, they just sent thugs over who took it away from you, and and then they built up control in the government to to help them with that, and uh, you know they, the Rockefellers are nothing but the uh, the the what do we call them the uh, the money, the money men for the Rothschilds. So their connections to Rothschild gave them, that, you know, worldwide money they're, supply. They're, they're, their connection to the Rothschild uh, means that their their connection to the Rothschilds means that their first or their last name really starts with an I. Yeah, hold on just a minute. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I've been looking up of, of David Rockefeller information, and he's ninety-five years old, so. He's not going to be around for much longer, and he has a few kids, David Jr., Abby, Lee, Neva, and I'm sure they has, you know, grandchildren. But he says his net worth is $2.9 billion. Now, surely uh, there's guys that have more money than David Rockefeller. Well, listen oh, yeah. to this. So listen, listen to this. Why listen to this. So listen important? to this. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, okay? Uh, this is from a very well-researched book called Final Warning by David Alvin R Riviera, who he died Great recently, book. unfortunate. 
But uh, listen to this. Altogether, the Rockefeller family have been joined in marriage to the Stillman, Dodge, McAlphin, McCormick, Carnegie, and Aldridge family fortunes, and its wealth has been estimated to be well over $2 billion. Some estimates even claim it to be as high as $20 billion. To compare, John Paul Getty, Howard Hughes, and H.L. Hunt had fortunes between $2.4 billion, and the DuPonts and Mellons had fortunes between three point five. Part of the Rockefeller's financial holdings consist of real estate, foremost being the 4,120-acre family estate at Pocantico Hills, north of New York City, which has 70 miles of private roads, 75 buildings, an underground archive, and, and close to 500 servants, guards, gardeners, and chauffeurs. They also mained over 100 residences in all parts of the world. Besides investments held in personal trust, the family held stock in numerous countries. Some of the major holdings, Chase Manhattan Bank, American Telephone and Telegraph, Eastman Kodak, IBM, General Electric, Texas Instruments, Xerox, Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing, Monsanto Chemical, Aluminum Company of America, Alcoa, Armor, Bethlehem Steel, Chrysler, DuPont, General Motors, International Paper, Polaroid, Sears and Roebuck, Standard Oil of California, Standard Oil of New York, Standard Oil of Indiana, U.S. Steel International, Basic Economic Corporation, International Harvester, Quaker Oats, Wheeling, Pennsylvania Steel, ITEC, Federal Department Stores, Walgreens Stores, Transcontinental Gas Pipeline, Consolidated Edison, Anaconda Copper Company, General Foods, Pan American World Airways, Colgate Palmolive, E.L. DuPont, Denors, uh, W.R. Grace Incorporated, Corning Glass Works, Owens Corning, Fiberglass, Cummings Engine, Hewitt Packard, R.R. Downey and Son, Dow Chemical, Teledyne Incorporated, Warner Lampert, Westinghouse, International Telephone and Telegraph, IT&T, Motorola, S.S. Craig, Texaco, National Cash Rester, Avon, American Home Products, Dell, uh, Delta Airlines, Braniff Airlines, Northwest Airlines, United Airlines, and Bur- Burlington Industries. The financial Absolutely. core of the family, one, one more little thing. The financial core of the family fortune includes the Chase Manhattan Bank, Citicorp, which grew out of the Rockefeller controlled First National City Bank, the Chemical Bank of New York, First National Bank of Chicago, Metropolitan Equitable, New York Mo- uh, Mutual Life Insurance. So then you want to know why they got any power? <laughs> yeah, and then you think that the our government. So it doesn't answer the question why would the government rely so much on information, uh, you know, with, the, with these folks? I mean, I'm sure there are other tycoons who, you know, are also. Well, well, well. Why the Rockefellers get all like the. the, the okay. Price, is what I'm saying. Let why, me say. Why let me say about them? They're not the me, only okay. billionaire. They're not the only billionaire but, tycoons but, in the oil industry. Well, I'm sure have their their you know hands in the pockets of the you know the government people. Now, why are they the ones that get right. oppressed? Why do everybody? Okay, talk about okay. well, let I me have, say, quit, quit, quit asking, and I'll tell you. Have, quit asking, I'll show you I an have, example. Okay, every me. president, every president since the know. Kennedy assassination, every president since the Kennedy assassination has gotten the okay from David Rockefeller. Nixon, Nixon lived in the Rockefeller apartment in New York. While he went to college, uh, Carter yep. uh, went before J- Rockefeller before they gave the nod that he could 
uh, join, and he's involved with the Trilateral Commission with David Rockefeller. Uh, 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 each one of them, right, each one of them, the only one that had no me, connection. You're telling, me, you're telling me stuff that they've done and given okays to, but you're still not telling me why do these two Okay, I'll tell you why. Up? I'll tell you. I'm actually trying to get to something. They okay. Illuminati. I'm trying to see how long it's going to take. If you'll but... be quiet, <laughs> if you'll be quiet, it won't take but just a second. Let's see if you let's see if you're because, with this. It's not because they have the money. It's because they control the money. They own the money. They own That's the right. money of the whole world. The Illuminati owns the money and controls everybody on this planet, including all of the governments now, of every nation. Right. That's what I'm talking and about. Now, this is where I'm going with the Illuminati. The Rockefeller's names have been German. mentioned. Check out. The Illuminati was a name used by a German sect that was existed in the 15th century, as you guys know. They practiced the occult yep. and professed and, po- and, yep. possessed, uh, and, and tried to possess the light, as it was called, which was, of course, what Lucifer had uh, retained when he became Satan. No, now, no, 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 right. no, 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 not what accurate you're reading now. What oh, you're reading now is a bluff. Hold on. Let me it's not accurate at all. Up, uh, no, okay, it isn't accurate. It isn't accurate. Hold on. Well, the, the whole connection here is they're connecting the Illuminati, the Rothschilds, and the Rockefellers through the worshipping of Lucifer. No. That's bullshit. It's no. bullshit. That's what everybody says that the, the, the Illuminati is. Wait a minute. They're devil worshippers. Wait a minute. It goes a lot deeper than the devil. It goes as far deep as the Freemasons. You want okay, to you want to find out the find out the, the free look, look, look guys 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 no, the, look the Freemasons are a bunch of Boy Scouts idiots they're nothing uh, I'm tired of people talking about the Freemasons yeah, like under the thirty third degree they're, under the thirty third degree they're Boy Scouts under the thirty third degree they're Boy Scouts but Including nobody is aware of any degree, degree above thirty three there are a number of degrees in that position. Okay, let's let's look at this in realistic terms. First of all, the Masons did not exist in the 15th century. All right, the Illuminati were a bunch of Illuminati. What they came from did. The Illuminati in the 15th century were scientists. They were labeled as Luciferians by the Church because right. they weren't sticking to church doctrine. Exactly. They were scientists. They had no so, faith. They wanted to see it to believe it. Exactly. They they were basing everything on science, and they were also very much against monarchies being handed out by the church, and that got them killed, literally. That's so they came back. But they came back. What he was reading was a bluff. But they came back in the 1700s under Wilhelm in Germany which is where the sons of the American colonists that were for British rule uh, went to study under him, un- under his Illuminati belief that the state is more important than people. And they each one came back and started each one of the colleges like Yale and they, they, the uh, Illuminati, uh, the men that came back from the Illuminati also started Skull and Bones. So there's one of your connections right there. Well, you want the number one connection. It's one we haven't mentioned yet. I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought maybe somebody would bring it up. And the number one thing, if you want to Google something, Google IMF, 
because those are the the ones that control yeah. why yeah, the yeah, inter international monetary fund. But that's 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 recent. That isn't as far back as you know uh, but, skull and bones and all that stuff. Yeah, but see that's but, the thing. It's a, it's a mutation of it's everything you're talking about is a mutation from what came before. Yeah, it the 1500s. The 1500s is a mutation of what came before it. That's you got to right. study back farther than the 1500s. You're going to find that any, as long as there's been a way to buy and sell goods, there has been somebody in control and owned the what has been used to buy right, and right. sell well, goods. There's something wrong with that, and there's something wrong with that. It's always going to be somebody in control of everything. That's just the way right. things are. I mean. And, even and if even if even saying, if we even if we changed society today the way it is, if we changed our government into whatever the people wanted. Eventually, somebody's gonna have to be in control. Well, you know yeah, why? Yeah, you know why? Hey, Rockefeller. I mean, you, uh, Rothschild said it all. You know, he says, "I don't care who's in charge of the company," and and I'm paraphrasing, "Who's in charge of the country? Give me control of the money, and I'll control the whole country in a matter of short time." And that's exactly, that's exactly what's what happening. You know when exactly. he quoted that? You know when he was heard when he was quoted to saying that? I, I right don't remember. The, it was a long right, right in in it was the early 1900s, and he was it was right before right. This, this little deal called the Federal Reserve became that's came right. to be. That's exactly that's right. right. And Wilson and Wilson, when he got out of the presidency, said the the worst thing he ever did was was get involved with the Federal Reserve. Yep. Hey, can I put a plug in here for a buddy of mine in his book? But and it's on, on subject of what we're talking about. Sure. Edward uh, G. Edward Griffin, G. Edward Griffin, the creature from Jekyll Island. I think every oh, yeah. American oh, citizen yeah. should yes. read that book. And I, I second that. I second that. I've always wanted my yes. own island, Jekyll Island. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, by, by the way, when I was telling when I was telling y'all about the Rockefellers and a hundred houses, I was an insu insulation. Uh, uh, contractor years ago when I lived in Yulee and the Rockefellers owned a piece of land on uh, Cumberland Island and they selected me to do their insulation so I insulated one of their hundred houses Wow! well I've always heard that the Rockefellers and uh, the Rothschilds and the Illuminati and all that stuff started from an occult to practice Satan worshipping and that's kind of scary in itself. That's the that's that's that's, that's what that's, they've stuck into it. You know, they talk about Bohemian Grove and, and all of that. Now that might who knows what goes on over there, but they they try to put that in there. But I think it was it's more of a meeting of the top people deciding what they're going to do than it is worshiping any devil. Right. That's exactly. Well, yeah, it. They're well, using they're the not, devil they're not, they're worship. Not yeah, but they're not going to worship the devil the entire meeting. I mean, they'll probably do a little worshiping first, then they'll break for tea, <laughs> yeah. and then they'll go get some crumpets, then the they'll only, come back and the they'll only discuss they the worship. future of the country, then they'll go back for some more tea, because tea is popular overseas, uh, tea with lime, then they'll go and they'll, they'll, they'll do a little more devil worshiping, and then they'll come back and they'll discuss some more topics <laughs> of how they can help society well, get screwed over, and how they can destroy the, only, the world. <laughs> The only thing, the only thing, the only thing wrong with that is, in my research, what I'm finding is that, that that they are, they have no faith in anything but power and money here on this earth, and they wouldn't waste no time uh, worshiping the devil if he couldn't do something for him. So if he's real, and they are in touch with him that way, I believe they worship him. But just to believe they're devil worshippers, nah. Why not? Yeah, I got a question for all of you. 
I got a question for you guys, my new friends. Do you do any of you believe that if we were able to restore this country to the government type of government and that we're supposed to have, which is called a republic, do you think it would make any difference? If you no, could I restore think we'd it, go right back. I think we'd head right back in the same direction. Yeah. Well, it's like this. The, the, the problem is the system. Is, the system is a. The system is set up to fail from you know the monetary standpoint. So no matter how you fix it, it's going to fail right again. Right. That goes back. That goes back. That, that goes back to the experiments. That goes back to the uh, the the uh, the the communist experiment in Russia and the Nazi experiment in. Uh, way I heard it now, you know, I've never researched it, but I heard a story a long time ago from somebody that, that knew a lot. And what he told me was uh, they decided to try all these different types of government that some of the uh, the higher ups wanted uh, each one of these type of governments and the other ones wanted a one world government. And so they set out to prove that these other ones wouldn't work. Yeah, but Dennis, I've I mean, heard that. Too. I, actually, I read that. Yeah, I, I read it too, but I don't remember later, where. Is, is that still it, would that still be relevant today? I mean, you're talking about hundreds of years later. I mean, well, see, the problem is relevant. the problem is what people don't realize is all great movements are planned for time. You know, if you remember, I've told you before, I joined the Libertarian movement, uh, the party, uh, Libertarian Party. The first year it was uh, it was con conceived, and I, I joined then. And when we had meetings, what was explained to us is that this is just like the Republicans. It's a 200-year plan. The Republicans took 200 years to form a party. So the Libertarians are doing the same thing. If you notice, they will not publicize us at all. But if you notice, every year we grow more and more, just more, few thousand more, few thousand more. And we get, you know, we've always got people on the ballot. So... That's that's the answer to that. It's a long-term plan. the the reason The reason because I'm 60 and I can remember back when I was a little kid when they served a warrant on you, they knocked on your door and waited politely for you to come to the door. When they stopped your car on the highway, your car was considered your home, and they couldn't search it without you being arrested or a warrant. And yet now Americans stand by where black-clad troops with, with masks on kick in people's doors, stop them on the highway, bring Nazi-looking German dogs up to sniff their cars, and then say they smelled something and throw all their stuff on the street, don't find yeah, anything, you, and leave them and say goodbye. Dennis, you know what, Dennis, you know what the great thing about that, about all that is? That those same soldiers and those same, you know, officers that are out there now, they're still regular people who joined the force and, you know, to become cops. Well, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. But what I'm showing, what I'm showing, what I'm showing, look, society. At the end of the day, look, society has evolved to a point now where we need stricter, uh, you know, well, rules. And yeah, some, but I'm not. I'm not aspects, even. I'm not into that. In some aspects, I'm, I'm not and, into you know, that. Law enforcement you're, has evolved the way it has. But you're you're on the you're on you're not on, you're not seeing what I'm saying. I'm showing the difference in the change in the laws in 40. Well, for, yeah, but Whoops. some change has been good. Yeah, Forty years once once my once once my generation dies off, there's nobody that will remember there was a time when they couldn't search your house without a real real warrant and without asking you to come in, and they couldn't search your car on the highway. There'll be nobody left to remember that. So they'll take it a step further. Roadblocks on the road, whatever you know. That's what I'm talking about. Is it? It it's a slow process to what they're doing. 
It's happening faster well, hell, now. If it's hell, well, hell, if it's ago, that but, slow, then I have nothing to worry about. I won't get to see uh, any really bad stuff. Damn. I think you will. I don't think really bad. I don't. I don't think really is that bad. It really yeah. isn't that Jack bad now, man. Look. Oh, yeah. Tell 40 million people that are out of work. Tell 40 million people that are out of work that it isn't that bad. Yeah. yeah. Not only that. But I mean, look, I understand unemployment's once, bad. I understand that a lot of the stuff that is going on, it's, you know, bad. But, you know, a lot of that stuff. But it's all contrived. Uh, it's all contrived to drive our that, the, economy down to the Mexicans. That, that's That's absurd. I think I think at the end of the day they're trying to unify. Tell me that. Through. Tell me that in ten years. Tell me that. And tell me it's I absurd think, think, in ten years. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they they have that much to drive down to get near the Mexicans at this point. So it doesn't really matter if they're trying. It's going to get there anyway. <clears throat> but look, at the end of the day, the point is not to get it down to the Mexican level. <laughs> at the end of the day, is the point is yes, to it destroy. Is. No, it's to destroy the American government economy to start That's a right. different economy. That's the point. An economy that's going to be based, and you guys have already heard it, the Amero, the, you know, the uh, whatever, oh, the yeah. Amero, I guess is the name of it. You've heard the, you know the name what? already, it the North American Union. It, whether that is what happens or not. It doesn't make a bit of difference what they call it. It makes absolutely it no difference None. what they call it. Hey, let the me point ask you, is guys. they're trying to ruin the system that we have now. The system is yeah, pretty damn system, resilient if they believe it. It's very yeah, resilient. Here's a double-edged double sword, guys. Here's a double-edged sword, guys. A lot of people complain about the system now and want change of the system. And then when we talk about <laughs> changing the system, that people are like, well, we don't want that change because that's a new world order change. So wh which one is it? What do you guys want? Do you want some change or do you want things to be status quo? Do you want the government to get involved? Want, because if the government doesn't get involved, then people complain about the government not getting government. involved. But when they get involved and they're like, well, the government's getting involved, it's a big yin-yang you know, effect that happens, and it's, it's sad. But right. it's like the, the, the oil spill thing that happened for example the bp oil spill people are coming out saying well why isn't the government involved why didn't the government jump in from the beginning why this and why that yeah but if the government did that from the very beginning they'll be like well it's a new world order and the government is trying to take over things and the government big brother and this. you know what i mean it's it's a double-edged sword that we're that we're kind of living on here but but, but the idea but exactly. the idea but the idea that people would but the idea that people would immediately think the government has to take care of the situation is what makes it sick. It's like Katrina, you know. Oh my God, the government's not coming. What are we going to do? It's not the government's place. Well, you ask what I want. I want to go back to the Constitution of the United States, and I want to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Go back on the gold standard and let the people decide what they do with their own money, and maybe. Uh, educate the people some of what's going on. Until we get a viable third party, nothing is going to change. The problem is, Dennis, that's all fine and dandy, but the problem is, if the government doesn't step in a lot of times, then the people are going to see the opposite of what you just said. They're going to be like, exactly, they're going to be like, well, why isn't the government stepping in? Why didn't the government jump in when Katrina happened? Why isn't the government doing this? Or is the government doing that? You know, that's the well, problem. All, that all I can say to that... Much. All I can say to that is that up until the last 10 years, it was a joke when somebody heard the phrase, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. It was yeah. a joke. Still is. Kind of is, yeah. Let me ask the government, you guys. The government can't help. All they can do is make it worse. Let me ask you this. You talk about the government. 
and and we know how the media is all connected into this, right? It's called the tail wagging the dog. Yeah. Right. Let me give you a little yeah. example of that. Oh, yeah. How many of you have seen the new 2010 Penny? Yeah. Uh, I have not yet, now, no. let me ask you the next question. Wait a minute. Let me ask you the next question. How much media coverage did you hear about the 2010 Penny? Zero. Zero. And that was on purpose. It was a test to see how much attention we're paying. Nobody's paying attention okay, to that it's, part. It's, that little it's a, deal it's a because of penny. things. Yeah, uh, yeah right. But it was changed what, without What's the big deal about a penny? It was changed without the media's notice. Was that on purpose or by accident? It doesn't matter. It's a penny. Oh, it was, People throw well, away pennies. Well, out loud. I, think okay, it, I, think, I think it was a test. I think it was a test. I think they realized they screwed up with the ear, uh, with the Amero. Uh, 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 because they let it get out and it got on YouTube and all that, so they backed off. So they said, "Well, let's see what we can if we can slip a simple penny out there without let's it getting out." Let's see how many are paying attention, right? Let's yeah, see how many right. are paying attention. Yeah, but here right. at the end of the day, guys, the penny is still a penny. It's just a new design. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They that's came out right. with new designs for twenty dollars. They, they came, look. They, they've announced when they've come out with different designs before, and a penny is not that right. important as a twenty dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill or five. Okay, bill. but how many have so they, they not? They might have just put how it out every few announced? years. Don't they? Don't they like print pennies every year? Don't they print currency every year? No, yes. no, 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 uh, no. Or every few yeah. years. I mean, when, do, when does currency they, get? Printed? They don't change the design. The design. No, they don't change it every once in a while. But eventually they do. Yeah, every thing would be state ordered. But okay, the last time the paper penny. money, the last time that the penny was changed was 1956. Okay. Well, well, damn it! It was about time. The week, so it was about back. time that it had an update. I'm glad they gave it a make. Well, like, what is, what is that? Question? Question? Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, wait, back, back up, back up, back up. My question wasn't whether or not it was time for an update. My question was why didn't they tell anybody? Exactly. Well, it's been, it's on the internet. I'm pretty sure people knew about it. It's just it didn't become a it's widespread the news. There's a lot of news. All of a sudden, Odo, yeah, but Odo, there's a lot of news that goes on the internet that doesn't get a lot of media coverage. But it's news. Yeah, but his point there, is, his, know, point is his point is, his point My is, his point is, who who is the money supposed to belong to? It's supposed to belong to us, the people. When they make now, changes, it's not. To the money. No, it's not. Then it's no, it's not. Money does not belong well, to us. Well, I know it's not. It's supposed to. It never does. No, we're loaned that money. When we work and we're given that not money, change. that's a loan. Not change. That's, not that, that's change. That's a payment that not we're going to eventually give not back. Not change. That's wait dollar bills. That's bills, bills not change. Change is not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Change does not belong to the Federal Reserve. Change belongs to the people. It's the bills that belong to the Federal Reserve. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. All money printed and stamped belongs to the Federal Reserve. No. They make the money. No, no, no it no. does not. No, no it no. does not. All That's why they have to leave so, so much precious metal so inside who prints, the coin. So, so who, who is uh, responsible for printing pennies, quarters, and dimes? And, the, treasury. And, the, treasury. the Treasury. The Treasury. Okay. The Treasury. Okay. The Mint. Right. The, yeah. mint. the Mint. The Mint. And they're not connected to the but Federal Reserve. Here's the deal. No, they are not. Okay. That's correct. See the way the federal uh, the way no the way federal reserve works. The way reserves. listen, listen, Jack. That's correct. The way they the are not. That's correct. The way the federal reserve works with our bills is in the old days, back in the gold standard days, Congress would say 
at the end of the year, Congress would go to the Treasury and they would say, hey, we got a million dollars in debt. And the Treasury would say, okay, and they would turn around and look at how much gold reserve we have, and they would value the money accordingly so that we could pay off that debt with no interest. The Federal Reserve was voted in by a group of bankers in 1913 at Jekyll Island, Uh where the Federal Reserve's where the Federal Reserve stands is the Federal Reserve now. The Federal Reserve now goes to uh, the Congress, and they say, "How much money does the United States owe?" And Congress says, "We owe a million dollars." So then they turn to the Treasury, and they say, "Print up a million dollars." And the Treasury okay. prints up a million dollars, sells and it to the Federal Reserve, them. sells it to the Federal Reserve. I understand all that, and then they that's lend it to us. That's a, I but know, the coins, both, the coins, but the coins, but the coins are not in that. The coins are not in that. We don't pay interest on the coins. That's why that's we right. have okay, to have so fine. much precious but metal. But it's still in printed the by the same they people. That's what I'm saying it's still printed by the same people. They're still working with the but, same but, people. But the treasury, but the treasury, the system, the way it's set up, the federal, they're set up to work with each other, Dennis. That's the point. The Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve never gets its hands on the change. Change will never come. They can be tied any way they want to, but there's no interest paid on change. The Federal Reserve. I've never, I've never, Dennis, I've never talked about interest being paid on 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 cents or pennies or or any change. Well, the Federal Reserve only exists. The Federal Reserve only exists. You're missing the point. I'm not even talking about that. The Federal Reserve. I'm not talking about that. The Federal Reserve. The what Federal Reserve only you know exists. The Federal, the Federal Reserve only exists to make interest. That's the only reason they exist to make I interest. They that. create money I out of nothing. That. Okay, I there's no that. interest on coins, so the Federal Reserve no, but has nothing is, to do with argue, coins. You're, yeah, but you're arguing there a point that I'm not even arguing. Nobody's okay. arguing here that, <laughs> that, that they don't collect interest uh, on change. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that it's still printed and made by the same manufacturers and no, it's still put into circulation. No, and no, work. no. The yes, Federal Reserve, still, the Federal yes, Reserve does when, not. The oh, Federal Reserve Jesus. does not print money. The Federal Reserve does I'm not. I'm not talking print about the money. Federal Reserve. The Treasury Dennis. does. Oh my God! Oh, you're I, talking I, about the I Treasury the Federal, Yes. Listen to what I'm saying okay. before you overtalk me, Dennis. The I'm not Bureau, talking about the Federal Reserve the here. Bureau I'm saying that the Treasury prints. I give up. That's it. I'm done for the night. I can't get a word in tonight, guys. The I'm Bureau done. of Printing is not the same as the U.S. Mint. It's not the same entity. The U.S. Mint makes coins. The Bureau of Printing prints reserve notes, Federal Reserve notes. It's two separate entities. Yes, that's like saying the Paranormal Super Network has a TV and a radio channel. Two separate entities. I understand that, but at the end, the fundamental core of what binds those two entities together are the same. That's what I'm talking about. And that is what, you know, if we're ever going to get away from this monetary system, we got to remove both entities. And maybe, like, no, we just need to. We could be a servant entities or something like that. But the only thing we need to remove is the Federal Reserve. The Bureau of yes. Printing and the Mint function. Remove them all. They function well. They're broken. No, we no. need to remove the Federal no, you Reserve. you still have to have this. money. You still we have, have to we have, need have to... money. That's the whole point. You still have to have money. 
at the end of the day, you still I need money right are now. going to have to have money. I need money, money right See, now. <laughs> that is exactly the point I was trying to make early on. That at the end of the day, you still are going to need money. You're still going to need currency yeah. of some kind. And you're still going to need to have it in circulation. And again, the money does not belong to us. The money is paid to us for services that we work. It's still a monetary system. It's paid slavery. It's what's happening. That's all it is. Hey, Jackal. That's what a job is. Jackal. Okay, Jackal, I got a question for you. Make it quick. How many, off the air. Out of, there's there's 30, 38 countries, or yeah, 38 countries on this planet that their number one resource is banking. Right? Yeah. 38 countries. Out of those 38 countries, how many of them do you think recognize the American dollar as money? Very few. Two. Four. Four is the number. Yeah. Uh, and, and, might want to check that again. It might have gone down since I checked. It's been a while since I've been into this information. But that's my point. Our yeah, money, well, that's, what we're, that's what, going back to my right, point. You're that perfectly they're, they're right. You're destroy. exactly right as far as we need money. You, you're right. We do need money. What we need to fix is what's backing that money. Yes, I understand. And the that. only way to do that is to eliminate the Federal nothing. Reserve and, like he said, bring back the gold standard. We have to figure out a way to bring back the gold standard without yeah. before but this what country makes crashes. Gold such a, but, but what makes gold down. such a but what makes gold such an important commodity that that's the reason that that, we well, know that should be the standard? We'll do we'll My do gold. two hours on that one next week. Yes, I, can, I have the answer. Yeah, we'll have to address it next week. It's because yes, there's only that, so much of it on the planet is the reason. That's right. That, 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 and it's hard yeah, to get, believe me, because yeah, I guys, owned the gold mine one time. Yeah, but guys, the Anunnaki want the gold. You know, we can't have the gold. Yeah. <laughs> gold, no, gold, has been, gold, has been used, gold has been used for trade since gold has been discovered. Hey, Jackal, yes. I, wanted to, I wanted to thank you for bringing me on, man. This has been a blast, and I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you guys as much as possible and uh, – and getting information out here for the folks because uh, I'm I'm really into this internet radio thing and I and now I'm over here where it sounds like we might have some TV goings on or something. Paula and I yeah. are really fired up about yeah. this whole thing and uh, looking forward to it. So I'm going to jump on off of here for tonight. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity and uh, I really uh, it's it's a it's a great pleasure to get to know you guys and to join in with you. It's, it's been a blast. Well, well, don't get the wrong sure. impression. We're, we're, we're all friends. Yeah, we butt heads on air, but it's just, you know, it's good radio. But listen, we're almost yeah. off air here. We only have a few seconds left, guys. I want to urge everybody to please check out the ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. Join up to the membership area and please, uh, you know, start posting on there and let's get that place active and moving. There's, par- you know, there's forums and all kinds of stuff in there. And, yes, there's going to be a TV show section. So look out for that, guys. Yeah, boy. Yeah, so, guys, uh, watch us we're, grow. We're almost off the air, so Sky Watchers out. There's this wonderful uh, quote from the book Sheltering Sky, where he says, "Because we do not know when we will die, we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well, and yet everything happens only a certain number of times, and a very small number, really. How many more times will you remember?" a certain afternoon of your childhood, an afternoon that is so deeply a part of your being that you can't even conceive of your life without it, perhaps four or five times more, perhaps not even that. 
How many more times will you watch the full moon rise? Perhaps 20. And yet it all seems limitless. Thank <laughs> you. 